Hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome to the Crack House Chronicles. I am Donnie, your host, and with me is a man who may not be smarter than a fifth grader, but he can buy a beer. It's Dale. <laughs> and I bet I can whoop his ass, too. You dang right you can. <laughs> What's going on, bud? What's happening, my friend? Uh, I'm ready to record with you, man. Yeah, man, me too. I'm ready to jump on this one and get some stuff done. We Feeling good today. Um, I feel great. We got a good case for you, but do you have any shout-outs or anything you want to talk about first? Hey, a little bit. We're going to give a little Instagram shout-out to our buddy, Emily Porter. She's always uh, liking our pictures and supporting us and stuff, and we like to give a little give a little back. We'll just say we appreciate you, Emily. Thanks so much. Thank you, Emily. And we also like to wish a very special happy birthday to our friend Sally over in Kent, England. Happy birthday, Sally. Happy birthday, Sally. Have a good one. All right. All right then. Putting on another year. Uh-huh. Stacking right. them up. That's right. Like cordwood. Yep. You know, birthdays are kind of like boogers. <laughs> really? You roll them up on your finger? No. Oh. <laughs> the, more you, the more you get, the harder it is to breathe. <laughs> yeah, I guess you got a point. <laughs> that's right. All right. But I guess I'd rather have a pile of them than no birthdays because that's just, that's not good. A pile of boogers? Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, beer's talking. All right, we're going to... Yeah, we're going to get into our episode, man. We're going to jump right in on it. Alrighty. And this one is a pretty mysterious disappearance, and it's, it's pretty fascinating, man. It's just weird. Yeah. We've talked about it for a while, and we decided to do it. Yeah. It's been covered a lot, and but... Not like us. Not like us, no. We, <laughs> we're cool like that. That's right. Yeah, but this is the disappearance of Brandon Lawson. And Dale, he was born on 11... 18, 1986. That's November to you and me. Yeah, November 18th, 1986. Brandon, he grew up in Crowley, Texas, Dale. Mm-hmm. And when he was 16 years old in high school, he met 15-year-old Ladessa Lofton. Ladessa, that's, that's a new name for me. I yeah, never heard that I guess that's a Texas name. It's kind of cool. But yeah, and as soon as they met, from all accounts I've read, they pretty much seemed destined for each other yeah i, I mean so. they, they, they were pretty inseparable pretty pretty inseparable yeah uh, 50 cent word right there yeah and they've been together ever since that's right but now them two like anybody else they're gonna have conflict oh yeah you know people living together in a relationship they're gonna have fusses and fights it's just inevitable you but, use my word yeah no 50 cent <laughs> word but now they Everything I read, they always seemed to manage to work through it and get past it. Yeah, even if, even if it was a bad one, it was like you just go out and jump in the car and drive around for 30 minutes or so. And clear your head and stuff. Clear your head and yeah. come back and everything would be better. Yep. After high school, Dale, the couple lived in Fort Worth, Texas until early 2012 when they moved to San Angelo, Texas. Yeah, they lived down there to, to move near his brother, I think, right? Yep, his brother Kyle. Yeah. They had four children. Yes. And by August of 2013, their life had been going pretty good. Yeah, but them, uh, them four children, three of them were theirs, and one was his from a previous relationship. Yeah. Yeah. But they had three together. Yeah, and they were doing pretty well. Yeah. Now, yeah. they weren't married, but they were like what they call common law, but we were just uh, let it ride. Yeah. And, but they were in San Angelo getting, you know, ready for their new life and getting everything in order. Yes. And Brandon was working as an oil field worker yes. for Renegade Oil Services. And Ladessa had even said that he was working a lot of overtime. Yeah, I think it was a temporary job, but he was working tons of hours. So to, how that works, I don't know. Yeah, up to 95 hours a week. 
Good Lord. I mean, that's, that's almost every, all day long, every day. That's two weeks a week. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much, Plus yeah. Some. Yeah, then some. Then 15 more hours. Damn. Yeah. But Brandon had recently passed a drug test for a new job. Right. And he was getting ready to start this pretty soon, which I think, you know, he was pretty excited about it because it had more benefits and more pay. That was just going to help out his and family. Hopefully, less hours. Yeah, it was going to help out his family because good lord, you know, he was the he was working for the family, and you know, he it was taking everything he made to support the family of five. Good lord, if he can't if he can't live off ninety five hours a week, he must not be paying him nothing. I thought old field workers made some money. I guess they did too, but I don't know him being temporary. I don't know. I don't know how much that paid. On the evening of Thursday, August eighth of two thousand thirteen, you know, things were going pretty well, and Brandon had been away for the majority of the afternoon. But once he got home, him and Ladessa got into a fuss. Right. And it was just your typical fuss over, you know, raising kids, money. I think one of them had an ear infection. Yeah, the kids. Double ear infection out here. Oh. Um, just typical. Life. Yeah. Couples problems. I mean, it's, it, it's everybody. Right. And one of the reasons was because Brandon didn't come home the previous night. Yeah, that's not good. No, it ain't good at all. And staying out all night put a lot of worry and stress on Ladessa. Yeah, plus she got all them youngins. Yeah, and she thought he'd... Be- you got to remember, they're only 26, and yeah. she's 25, and with four kids, it's a lot of... It's a lot of stress, man. A lot of stress going on, yeah. But Ladessa had thought that Brandon had been taking drugs. He'd had an uh, on-and-off drug problem in the past. Yes. He'd be a nice, don't he? Well, that's just putting it very, very nicely. <laughs> And she we'll th- get we'll get more into that later. But, yeah, let's, but, uh, but she thought he'd had a, this timeline. Yeah, she thought he'd had a, had a relapse. During this argument, uh, Brandon grabbed his car keys, his wallet, cell phone, and a wall charger for his phone, and he left the home. And this was about eleven fifty three at night. He must have been really mad. Yep. And his truck was low on gas. Yeah. Now, I wonder, did he know this? I don't want to think if he just left mad. No, you know, a lot of times I've jumped in the car and take off and go somewhere and look. Damn, I'm out of gas. But and I, he can, you know, but I'm not saying I was mad or nothing. But I was just wondering if if he knew or not because it'll come into play later. But it just seemed like it's probably he, he probably didn't pay it no attention. But yeah, him being mad, he probably didn't even look at it. Right, he was probably too pissed off just to look at the gas hand. Right, you he's know? probably spinning wheels and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> probably was and, and driving down the road really fast which, yeah. is, which is going to burn more gas yeah no, it, no but this was about eleven fifty three at night and he called his father his father lived in Fort Worth Texas which is about three hours away yeah and he called his father we lived in Crowley which is right next to Fort Worth yeah we'll let you say that. okay well okay Crowley Mr. Crowley yeah he called his father asking him if he could stay the night even though it was three hours away yeah, at least. I looked it up today. It's three and a half. What is that on the Google machine? Hmm. On the Google. All That's right. a long drive at midnight. Oh, yeah. When you're mad. Brandon's father, Brad, told him he could come and spend the night, but he really told him to reconsider and go home and try to work things out. He tried to talk him out of it. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, any father would do that, I exactly. think. Exactly. You know, it's midnight. i got to go to work tomorrow. He needs to stay home. Yeah. And, be, you know, try to go home and work things out with Ladessa and and not try to drive that long drive. Plus, they probably knew how they were about getting mad at each other and 
and all that stuff. And he probably figured if he could talk him into going back home, then everything would probably be all right. Yep. Now, from this point, Dale, everything with Brandon gets confusing and the timeline gets confusing. Yeah, that's to say it. Yep. But now, seven minutes after Brandon left home, Ladessa called him to try to reconcile their differences, try to work things out. So is that midnight? I guess, just, just a little after midnight, I guess. Right, maybe. I'm trying to keep up over here because this gets damn confusing. I'd say this is probably close to midnight. You guys probably need to get a piece of paper or something right all this mess down. Tell me now. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a lot of timeline stuff right here. Yeah, okay. Now, it's really unclear what Ladessa said to him and what was in the conversation. But Ladessa told him that if he was still angry and didn't want to come home, that he should go to his brother's house, which was just like five miles away. Yeah, which would make a ton of sense. Exactly, and just get over it and just go spend the night there and cool off. Yeah. Yeah, told him that he should go to his brother's house. who lived with his girlfriend, Audrey, and they had a four-year-old son. But now this little talk didn't go as well as she hoped, you know, because 10 minutes later, Ladessa called Brandon's brother, Kyle, and she was really worried about him. I'm yeah. just thinking, okay, she, it's been 10 minutes, so now she's going to call your brother. Basically, does what I'm looking at is I'm thinking, well, he's mad. He didn't want to talk to me, so I'm going to call Kyle. He can probably talk some sense into him and then get him either to come over there or, or whatever, but not to drive that far. Now, just to make it clear, Brandon and Kyle, the brothers, they were pretty close. Really close. Yes. I mean, they were best friends. Yeah, close. Kyle was a younger brother. Yeah, but Kyle really looked up to Brandon. and Yeah, he was his hero. He was his everything, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Now, just shortly after midnight at 1210, Kyle drives to Brandon's house. Okay, so we're saying as soon as she called, 1210, then yeah. he would head over there. Yeah, uh, Kyle drives over to Brandon's house okay, to check on Ladessa and the kids. and and But things had sort of co- cooled down with Ladessa by then. And Kyle went back home. And at this time... Brandon placed two phone calls to Ladessa. This was about 20 minutes later, around 1234, and another one at 1236, but she didn't answer either one of them. Now, two minutes later at 1238, Brandon calls his brother Kyle, and he told him that his truck had ran out of gas on Highway 277 near Bront, Texas. Told you he didn't check it. No, he didn't check the gas. <laughs> Mm-mm. Now, okay, so so where we are so far, we're mad, we get in the fuss, we grab our stuff, jump in the truck, and take off on a at least three-hour drive. But now, near Bront, Texas, there are gas stations. Yeah. And where he ran out of gas was about five miles from Bront. And according to some other stuff we'll get into it later, but an interview with his brother, he said he probably passed at least two gas stations. Mm-hmm. before getting out on the highway but but you know maybe maybe he probably wasn't paying attention he's just going fast and oh he might have been on the phone or brandon maybe knew his truck and said maybe i can get to bront yeah maybe maybe he's like uh like my wife you know that my light comes on you know you got 30 miles mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah maybe he wasn't he wasn't figuring right but yeah brandon's truck ran out of gas on highway 277 in bront texas and he wanted his brother kyle to come and help him out but a few minutes later, Kyle called Ladessa and told her about what was going on. Yes. And but she told him that she would leave the gas can on the front porch for him to pick up because she was going to charge her phone in her vehicle and take a bath. Yes, yeah, so she's going to take a shower and go to bed. But she said she had to charge her phone in the car because Brandon took the wall charger. Yeah. 
I've been thinking about this all day. I'm going to call bullshit on this because I can't understand why a family, and you know you both got phones, you ain't but one wall charger. Well, if, Unless one's broke and then you work 95 hours, you can buy a wall charger. Well, let me tell you this. I have a kid who sleeps with a phone in her bed and will end up on the cord and end up crimping the cord and breaking the cord. So they may have cords, but that might have been the only one that worked. Okay. Well, I'll give you that. But I was just thinking today, I mean, there's probably 25 wall chargers in my house. Yeah. <laughs> but I've seen here where we've been low on chargers because something happened to them. Yeah. we got a, bad, a bunch of bad cords, actually, and all of them work, but I probably got a ton of them. But, okay. But now I have seen where why would she charge the phone in her car, you know, would she leave it running, you know? and Well, and a lot of people questioned that, but we had a uh, an Equinox. We don't have it anymore, but we have them because a deer took it out, but totaled it. But and you could just go out and plug it up, and it would work fine. It was wired straight to the. Yeah, it didn't have to be on switch. Didn't have to be on key. Didn't have to be in it. You could just plug it up, and it worked. Yeah, my truck's like that. Right, so it's very easily done. Yeah, depending on what your car is. Yep. Okay. But yeah, she put her phone in the vehicle to charge and took a bath. Now, both Kyle and his girlfriend Audrey. They drive over to Brandon's house to get the gas can, and this was about 12.45. Okay. Now, initially, Kyle planned to get gas for his brother Brandon, but his paycheck hadn't cleared. Right. Because uh, he'd gotten paid, but it hadn't went into his account. Right. So his plan was he was going to go pick up the gas cans and then go out to the truck and get Brandon and take him to the store, fill up the gas can, and then go back to the truck. Let him pay for it. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. That was his plan. Yep. And they were going to, I guess the closest gas station would be the Stripes Convenience Store, which is, like we said, it was about five miles from where Brandon's truck ran out of gas. Right. And Dale, this is where things get really, really unexpected and turn around and, and a lot of unexplained stuff. Yeah, lots of unexplained. Yep. Now, at 12.48 a.m., Brandon attempted to call Ladessa. Yeah, this is the third time, right? Yep, third time. And she didn't answer. Because she's either in the bathtub or in the bed, and her phone's in the car. Yep. Okay. Now, six minutes later, at 12.54 a.m. 12.54. Brandon calls 911. But this is in Coke County, Texas. And their 911 system is directed to a nursing home which is located in Robert Lee, Texas. So I think from what I read and I've heard too that the the 911 call goes to this nursing home and there's a, a staff person who takes care of the yeah. emergency calls. The nurses on, on call will take the call. Because it's a very small county. I think the county only has like 8,000 people. I don't know, but this is not the... This, that don't make a damn bit of sense to me. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. But anyway, uh, Dale, we've got that 911 call right here. Okay. Before you play it, just listen, you people, because this is uh, it's a little out there. It's a little hard to understand. So, uh, certain words you can pick up, but uh, I think we should at least play it through twice. Yep. Okay. I'll play it through twice. All right, play it. All right, here we go. 9 Zero fifty and thirty-eight seconds. Nine one emergency. Yeah, coming in the middle of the field. The caper just pushed some guys over. Got here going towards gasoline on both sides. Truck out of gas. There's one car here. 
Just a side note, Dale, through the, the course of this conversation, there are several pieces of conversation that are pretty incoherent. Yeah, a lot of it. And many people have attempted to piece all this together with you know, what they think it is. And we're going to, we have a version of it right here that's slowed down. Okay. Let everybody listen to it. And play it twice, too. All right, here we go. 9, 2013. Zero fifty and thirty eight seconds. Now, emergency. Yes, I'm in the middle of a field escape. We're just pushing guys over. Right here, going towards that. We went on both sides. My truck ran out of gas. There's one car here. I got taken to the woods. Please hurry. Okay, now. Okay. Is anybody hurt? 
right here, Dale, Brandon doesn't respond to the operator. And the background noise seems to get closer to the phone. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on in there. And some people think this gunshots, and some people think it's the echo from the bridge that passes over the Colorado River. Right. And so depending on where he was is what you can pick up. Yeah. Just... And there's there's tons of theories and YouTube videos and stuff out there if you really want to dive deep into that damn call. Yeah, the that Colorado River, the bridge right there, cars passing over it. You like interstate bridge. Yeah, and people listen to that, confuse that with gunshot. Right. But Kyle, Brandon's brother, claims that it's just the cars or vehicles traveling on the bridge. Yeah, in, in an interview with him, they asked him if about the gunshots, and he said that there definitely was no gunshots in his in his opinion. That it was uh, the noise coming from the bridge, his cars going across, hitting those buckles. Mm-hmm. Brandon says, you know, I'm in the middle of a field. And right there is, uh, you can't make out what he said. And it sounds like he said, I just pushed some guys over. And then he says, we're out here going towards Abilene on both sides. Yeah. My truck ran out of gas. There's one car here. A guy's something through the woods please hurry even sounds like chasing me through the woods please hurry and but the operator still I mean I guess she didn't understand what he said (laughs) I'm sure she didn't no now we also have to say that this copy of this tape is not an official release no it was um, Ladessa had actually got it from the police well, I also got to say that they didn't even know nothing about this call. No. For uh, for until she got uh, a copy of the phone records. Yeah. To see where he had called nine one one. Yeah, we're gonna get into that too. Just yeah. A little so bit. there's a whole bunch of stuff about this. Yeah. But uh, Brandon said he accidentally ran into him, and the operator's like, "You ran into them, okay? Uh, um, do you need an ambulance?" He said, uh, "Yeah, no, I need the cops." Right. In that part, you really. It's, that's what a lot of people says is that, but a lot of times it kind of sounds to me like a, like he says, uh, I told him I didn't know him. Yeah. It, I don't know. He's just talking so fast and so incoherent. Now, Dale, just four minutes after the phone call, a truck driver passes an abandoned truck with the license plate 76L-SY8. And this truck was parked, I guess, halfway on the road and halfway off, maybe. Yeah. It was like a... It's like he was just kind of turned with the, the tail of the truck out in the middle of the road. Yeah. Say so probably the front end or part of the front end was in the, in the the on the side or the shoulder, and the, the rear end of the truck was in the highway. That's why he called to report it. Yeah. And he said that, uh, well, they didn't say, but doors were unlocked, the window was partially down, keys gone. But, I mean, he didn't say all that, but that was the status of the truck. Mm-hmm. And this is a brand truck apparently where it ran, ran out of gas. Now, when Kyle, that's Brandon's brother, and his uh, girlfriend, Alder, they get to Brandon's pickup truck, this was about 1.10 a.m. They are pretty surprised to see uh, Deputy Neal from the Coke County Sheriff's Office. Okay, so this is only 12 minutes. Yeah. 12 minutes after the truck called 911. Yep. Okay. Which wasn't long at all, but now... Like you said, nobody knew that Brandon had called 911. Okay, when he called was approximately four minutes. 
Is that right? Four minutes before the truck? Yeah. So all this craziness he's talking about going on when this truck driver, and if you said he, he got, did the truck driver give him the plates, or is that from something later? That was from the truck driver. So he had to stop if he got the plates. Yeah. And he would see if it was craziness going on, I would You'd think. think. Or at least hear it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Especially to report the license plate. Yeah. Some funky license plate. Yeah. With letters and numbers together like that. He at least that. had to stop, I would say, and roll the window down. He may not have got out, but he at least had to do that to look close enough to see it, especially mm-hmm. if no lights and if it's dark. Yep. But now, uh, that, like I said, they arrive. Um, Kyle and Alder, they get to the Brandon's pickup truck, and they're quite surprised to see Deputy Neal from the Coke County Sheriff's Office there. Right. And he got there just a few seconds before they did. Uh, he came from the opposite direction. Right. And this is very important to note. Yep. They both came from opposite directions, opposite directions when they got to Brandon's truck. And both parties didn't see any vehicles or any kind of suspicious activity on the road on their way to Brandon's truck. Correct. They didn't pass anything or anything unusual. Or anybody walking on the road. No. Now, at the time, I guess Kyle's brother and Audrey, they didn't really have any concern for Brandon's safety. Yeah, because they had no idea he'd call 911. They just want gas. Right. To them. Now, it's important to note here, um, before all this started, like a week or so before this, um, after Brandon had gotten out of the last trouble he had been in or whatever, he went to go get his driver's license um, reinstated, and they uh, informed him that there was an active warrant for his arrest. And from what I found, it was from a drug charge, and I think it was from maybe a pot charge, marijuana charge or something. I don't think it was a meth charge. But anyway, he didn't know it, and him and uh, Ladessa were had been talking to a lawyer about getting that. They were gonna. It was something uh, like a fine or something he hadn't paid, so nothing major. But it is important to know that he did have an active warrant. Yeah, because that if, plays in, that comes into play. And if he'd have got pulled over anything, they'd have pulled that warrant. They'd have seen that. Right, or running blades. Yeah, and they might have took him in. Yes, very very possible. But now, according to Ladessa, yeah, I don't think it was nothing bad enough where they were staking out his house or nothing because they would, they could have got him. You know, it was hell. <laughs> he was either at work or at home. Yeah, you know. So I don't think it was an active warrant where they were like coming to try to, to hunt him down. But it was one of those, like you say, that they would run the place and go, "Oh, you got a warrant, so we got to take you in." Mm-hmm. Right. All right. Now at one eighteen a.m., Kyle's girlfriend Audrey receives a phone call from Brandon, and he tells her that he is bleeding. And Audrey and Kyle begin looking for Brandon. Right. And it, also, Ladessa had missed several multiple calls. From Brandon. From Brandon. And this is the part where when they got there and they seen the cop, I think uh, Audrey had texted him and told him that there was a, a cop at his car. Yeah. And when they saw that he wasn't at the, at the car, they were just assuming he's hiding in the bushes because he didn't want to be picked up on that warrant. Yeah. While this is going on, uh, Deputy Neal does a quick search of Brandon's pickup truck and didn't see any damage or anything to the exterior at all. It was, right. just, it was just sitting there. He just asked Kyle, was it his? He was no, it's my brother's. He ran out of gas, so we're here to bring some gas. And uh, that's when he asked him if he had saw anybody, and he said, well, I came the other way. I didn't see anybody. Yeah. And so they didn't see anybody. So they just put the gas can on the back of the truck, empty at first, and then uh, started searching. Yeah, and the... Uh, police officer turned the hazard lights on on the vehicle i guess just so people would see it yeah i think according to kyle's uh, interview he said that his son was getting hungry so they got there they left the gas can and they went back 
Yeah. Went back, and by this time, his check had went in. So he had money, so he got some food, put, put some gas in his car, called one of his friends and see if he would go with him back to look for, for Brandon. And uh, they went back, and then they went and got the gas can and took it and filled it up. And by this time, the, the, the cop was gone and had turned on the hazard lights and locked the door on the car. So they went to the gas station and uh, filled up the can, come back and put $5 worth of gas into the truck. And he said he, he hollered out in the woods that, uh, hey, uh, gas is in here and the cop's gone, so you need to come on and let's go. Mm-hmm. But he never came out. No. Now, he had got a phone call, one of these phone calls that where he said that Brandon was actually saying that he could see Kyle, but Kyle couldn't see him and he didn't know where he was. Yeah. So everything is getting really weird. So let's uh, let's just step back a minute, Dale. Okay. Brandon got this new job that he had uh, took a drug test for yep. and passed. And passed. And he was excited about it, and he wanted, I guess, celebrating his own way. And he got Kyle to uh, hook him up with some meth. Yep. And this is all according to Kyle. Yep. So it's not hearsay. And if it is, it's come out of his mouth. And an interview I saw with Kyle, he confirmed that uh, he hooked him up with a guy that had some meth. Yeah, he hooked him up with one of his friends, and one of his friends took um, Brandon to somewhere where he said he didn't know, and they got some. Yeah. Yes. And I guess this will maybe some of the reasons the little deaths on him were fighting. I don't know. I'm pretty sure. What he said this is like two days before all this happened. Mm-hmm. And he was supposed to come by Kyle's house later, and Kyle said he never showed up. So the next day, he tried to call him, couldn't get a hold of him. And he called some of his friends that lived in Fort Worth, and he finally found him. He was up there with those people, so I assume he was up there getting high with those folks. And uh, he asked him when he was coming back, and he said he was getting ready to head back then. So he drove back, so I'm assuming this is why Ladis was pissed, because he's gone for a day and a half on a bender. Mm-hmm. So, um, so what she thought was right. But they said Brandon was kind that, you know, he would do meth and he'd he'd stay clean for several months. Yeah, yeah. And then, he then, said, in his words, he said he'd get a wild hair up his ass. But, <laughs> but you know, he just he would want to go get high and then he'd do it and it'd, it'd be done and then it'd just be didn't need need it for a while, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, he said you know he had he had OD'd on it one time before as well, but it's just something he just didn't do all the time. Mm-hmm. Now, on the way home, Kyle called Ladessa and told her that he couldn't locate Brandon, couldn't find him at all. But she didn't get the message um, until about 4.30 when she finally got her phone from her vehicle. Right. And it was about that time she noticed she had several phone calls from Brandon, missed phone calls from Brandon and Kyle. Oh, I'm sure her phone was getting blown up. All yep. this mess was going on. And I guess the fear began to sink in, you know, and she called the police station. This was about 5 a.m. to see if she had any updates and if anything had happened. Right. You know, and then Kyle, when he was talking to Deputy Neal, he didn't mention nothing about he had talked to Brandon or Brandon had called him because he was worried about that warrant. Yeah. So... And Brandon, Kyle was just looking after Brandon. Yeah, he was just trying to cover his ass. I mean, it wasn't like he was lying to him, but it wasn't like he was telling him the truth either. Yeah, just wasn't telling him everything. Right. Yeah, he didn't tell him his brothers after on meth. And a lot of people think, you know, Brandon, you know, making this phone call was just tripping out. Yeah. Just hallucinating well, and just going crazy from the, yeah, he, from the meth. He, for some reason, he was thinking that uh, Ladessa had sent some Mexicans to chase him out of town or something. He said that. That's what he had told him, and then said the state trooper had gotten one, and he had gotten one of the guys, but there still was one out there or something. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. 
I guess that's where all that craziness from the phone call or the 911 call goes. Now, is this, this time about 8.30, Brandon's truck, it was towed off. And since there hadn't been any word from Brandon, Deputy Neal went to Brandon's last known whereabouts that afternoon to check nearby homes and land, you know, for possible signs of, or anybody seeing him in the area. Right. And didn't see anything or was able to recover anything. Yeah, when he put in the... Uh turn on the hazard lights and lock the door he put it in the call for it to be towed off the next morning yep yeah and they said this was a any kind of uncontact from brandon was very unlike him you know he wouldn't not the type to you know just leave and not contact his family right and there's been theories that you know there was another woman in his life but you know he had four kids he wouldn't they they said everybody that talked about brandon he wouldn't he wouldn't desert his kids. Hell, he didn't have time for another woman. Working 95, 95 hours a week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then when whenever uh, Ledessa talked to the cops the next morning, and then uh, I think Kyle went back out to look for him, and that's when he decided he wouldn't do They found out. That, uh, he went back and actually told them about he had actually talked to them and, and about the war and stuff. Mm-hmm. They weren't real happy with that because they, they figured now since, well, you were lying to us then, you're lying to us now. I mean, actually, they thought – uh, Kyle was considered him a suspect. Yeah, for a little while anyway. Yeah, really thought maybe he'd taken him somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and said that uh, he even volunteered to take a polygraph because he, he was just getting mad because they wouldn't believe him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he actually took two. They gave him one to ask him if he had if he had taken Brandon anywhere, or picked him up, or had anything to do with him, or if he had seen him any other time besides what he was telling him. And he passed it and said to give him another one, but this next one was a lot different. Yeah, and they were asking him if he had harmed his brother, or if he had moved his body, or if he had done anything to him like that. But it, he said it really made him mad that they were thinking that he would harm his own brother. But he passed it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were they were hard and heavy on Kyle. Yeah. Now it was pretty much the consensus among the Texas Rangers that Brandon, if alive, was no longer in Coke County. And according to Deputy Neal, he's thinking that Brandon may have made his way back to the highway and got picked up by a passing motorist. And these statements, along with other misleading information, were post and posted in a local media publication, which is called the, the Observer Enterprise. Now, get this, Dale. These articles were written by Melinda McCutcheon, and she just happens to be the wife of Sheriff Wayne McCutcheon. Yeah, ain't that just convenient? Don't she? And she runs the paper, right? Yeah, she runs the paper. The only paper in town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the media goes through her. Well, she doesn't they, write anything favorable toward him. Everything's slanted the other way hard. Yeah. Now, on the following day, on August 12th, 2013, Ledessa was able to get Brandon's phone records. And while going through them, you know, Hoping to find something, you know, maybe where Brandon may be. Right, yeah. seeing if he was calling somebody when he left to see where he's going. That's when she found out that he placed a 911 call. Right, so this is the first time anybody in the family even knew that he had called 911. Yeah. And actually, I guess probably anybody except for the nurse lady at the, at the retirement home or whatever knew because, you know, basically a lot of people say, well, why didn't the cop show up when he called 911? Well, you heard the call. Hell, where did, how would they know where to go or who to, who to see? Was, she didn't even ask where he was or his name or anything. She didn't have time. Mm-mm. I mean, I don't really follow her. I'm sure she was. She probably had some kind of training, but not not what they really need, you know. And he was so 
talking so fast and he was out of breath and like he was running and then she's like whoa can you run that by me again and by then he's like it's gone yep now several days had gone by and there was no contact or any update on brandon and this when ladessa files a missing persons report on tuesday august the 13th of 2013 and she had very little money but she used that money to hire a private investigator named Paula Boudreaux and a Texas Ranger, Nick Hanna. And they performed aerial searches for Brandon. And they also had friends and family to walk around, you know, the, the big area where Brandon's truck was abandoned. But nothing turned up. Hmm. Nothing. And there were several searches that were made near private property where Brandon's truck was found. And But the landowners... Yeah, there's another problem here. Yeah, these landowners, they had big property, and they weren't too kind to let people come onto their property and look around. Right. So but they had just very limited access. And the cops wouldn't help them. No. I mean, even Kyle would go out and search and stuff and, you know, trying to find his brother or anything about his brother, and the cops were, they'd keep him from going on their property. Right, yeah. So even one time his dad was at a four-wheeler and was riding around, and, you know, it's the cops out there, and he went and asked him what was he doing. He said they were making sure that you don't go on their property. Yeah. Instead of helping, it seemed like they were trying to keep him off the property for some reason. Mm-hmm. Now, it was a week later after Brandon disappeared, an official search was conducted by law enforcement. And this was on August the 16th of 2013. And it considered a... Uh, aerial coverage, infrared lights, uh, search dogs, and just, I guess, ground. And this is how long after he went missing? A week. One week. So infrared is only going to pick you up if you're alive. Yeah. It looks, for, it looks for body heat, basically. Pretty much, yeah. So this is a little bit, it's kind of silly, really, if you wait this long. But nothing was. They didn't find nothing. Nothing. And, and another search was performed two weeks after, on August 29th. And this time with the large investigative units uh, that included Coke County Sheriff's Office, the Texas Rangers, the Tom Green County Sheriff's Office, Highway Patrol, and Search and Rescue. And, Dale, they covered over 2,500 acres, but nothing turned up. Yeah, nothing. And after that, uh, that second search, Ladessa quit her job and, and relocated the children back to Fort, Fort Worth, Texas. And this was to be closer to her family because I guess money was getting tight and they was all going to help her out. Right. So it was just, was, she just did what she had to do. Yep. Can't blame her for that at all. We try to get back on solid ground somehow. Yeah, because this is crazy. And since they didn't find anything on Brandon and nothing had been updated, Brandon's initial disappearance, many law enforcement around the area are pretty, they believe that Brandon is not in Coke County. Because if he was, you know, something would have been located. But now, the Colorado, like I said, the Colorado River is right there. Right. And he could have took off running and fell in the river. Could have. You know, and there are a lot of feral hogs out there and rattlesnakes. And the brush is pretty bad. You know, even though he says he's in the woods. I don't know a whole lot of woods out there. But now I've looked at pictures of this area, and it's just, it's open, but it's, this cactus and fields and brush and yeah, a few I trees. I, I wouldn't say it was woods, but I also would say it's not. Would it wouldn't be fun to run through in the dark? No, so no, especially if you got cactus everywhere. Yeah, and the only thing, the only light you'd have would be cell phone to it died. You done? Mm-hmm. 
and like i said there's not the cell phone service out there is spotty at best in places right but brandon's family they're not satisfied with law enforcement's conclusion on this at all and they left with one question and they just want to know if he's alive or dead right and if so where because what is known that there there has been no activity on brandon's cell phone nope or or, bank accounts yep nothing and they don't believe he would voluntarily disappear or start fresh with anybody right it wouldn't leave his kids yeah Dale, there's several theories about what could have happened to Brandon. And one of them is the state trooper theory. Brandon's car ran out of gas. It was about four and a half miles from Braun. Right. And he got off on the side of the road. Somewhere at that time or somehow, he he probably witnessed something he shouldn't have. You think so? You know, that's one of the theories. Oh, it's a theory. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a theory. Well, that's because, you know, at the first of the 911 call when he goes, yeah, I'm in the middle of a field. And then he says something like staper or staper when some people think he was saying state trooper. And some people think it was edited tape. Mm-hmm. Another thing about that tape, Donnie, we didn't say, is, uh, you know, when they found out she, that uh, he had called 911, that uh, Ladessa actually went and see if she could get a copy of the tape. Mm-hmm. Well, they got her one, but how long did it take? Four months. Four months. Yeah. To get a copy. And actually, I don't think they even gave her a copy. I think they just let her listen to it, and she recorded it on her phone. I think that's why some of the sound quality is not that awesome. But but four months. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so we already established that they're not getting a whole lot of calls because if they did, they wouldn't be taking them at the old folks' home. Exactly. Well, I shouldn't say that. Nursing they home. wouldn't get them at the, at the nursing home. You know, so – Therefore, it shouldn't be that damn hard to get a copy of the tape. I no. mean, how many do you got? Yeah. You got one from them, one from the truck, and the one actually the one from the semi truck has never even been released. No, you can't even find it. Nothing mm-hmm. about it. No, and Ladessa has never uh, met the woman at the nursing home who took the call. She'd never been. She don't know any. She don't have any idea who she is. Right. So it's crazy. I'd be going to the nursing home. Yeah. And say which one of you took that call. Yeah, and then, I don't know, it's just crazy. You know, I know the, it was all over the place and stuff, but that's well, that's where the state trooper thing comes in because I think, plus with the the ramblings about the Mexicans can, that were sent to run him out of town, when he, and that's something he had told Kyle when he had called him earlier. Kyle still thinks he was just tripping. You know, he's like, dude, you're tripping. Calm down. Was, he said they didn't even really even know any Mexicans that lived in their neighborhood that she could have got to run him out of town. Mm-hmm. And then he said something about a state trooper had got a hold of one there, and and uh, then maybe he had taken care of another one or something. But but I think the the staper, or the thing at the very beginning of the nine one one calls, where this comes from. Yep. Now, like I said, Brandon, he was on meth. Definitely. And he could have been hallucinating, seeing some crazy stuff, and he could have took off running, and he could have met foul play with some landowner that didn't like trespassing yeah there's all kind of stuff you know and, and when i first started listening to this because i was like what in the hell happened to this guy why did he this is before i heard the interview with his brother about him definitely being on meth for two days but i was thinking why would he go and not stop at any of these gas stations and, and then you know and then in the car in the call you know it, it kind of sounds like he maybe hit somebody or he run into somebody or run into somebody like you say you run into your friend at the grocery store or something mm-hmm. you know not necessarily because there was no damage to his truck so you know he didn't hit anybody or try to knock anybody off the road right but i was thinking 
you know, maybe somebody was chasing him. And that's why he never stopped for gas. And he just run to his truck, run out of gas. And then he just kind of whooped it off the road and jump out and run. That's why it wasn't pulled over. Because, you know, it, I don't know if you ever run out of gas or not, but if you do, oh, yeah, you start, out of gas. start sputtering, you know, and you just kind of pull it over and it coasts to a stop, you know, but you try to be off the road, at least in a straight line. And his, his car was just turned, like, straight into a, at a uh, diagonally and into the into the ditch and jump and out and run. You're only going to get as far as your car will get you off the road and you're out of gas. Right. And, and if you it. ain't, if you're not trying to coast it in, nice. You're just trying to get out of it so you can get away. Yep. Then you know it's more amped to be parked that way than mm-hmm. real nice and parallel to the roads when I'm getting it. Yep. So, you know, so basically we go back to the call and it kind of broke down to yes, I'm in the middle of the field, uh, or something, a staper or something pushed or pulled some guys over. Maybe I mean you know, I'm just kind of going with it because I really have no idea what he's saying. And it's like where or there, you know, out here going towards Abilene on both sides of the road. And then uh, my truck ran out of gas, and there's one car here. And the guys got or they got or chasing or chasing me or chasing him into the woods, please hurry. So that would kind of fit with the theory, you know, that somebody was chasing him and they just run until he ran out of gas. Mm-hmm. But then again, was somebody really chasing him or is it all in his head? Exactly. You know, so this is where it gets really confusing especially if he's on a bender mm-hmm. and his brother, you know, definitely said that he, he was for two days. Now, whether he was at this point in time or had still been doing it, we don't know. So what's the next theory? Yeah. A lot of people think that Brandon continued to wander in the brush and getting scraped up and bleeding. Cause he did call Aubrey, you know, 20 minutes later and told her that he was bleeding. Yeah. And that she should hurry and get him. Right. And uh, going back to the interview that I keep referring to, Kyle said he thought maybe he was probably referring to if he skinned his knee up or fell and something like that, I'm just bleeding because he said that's not something he would say. Say if somebody cut him or shot him or, or hit him, he would say that MF or cut me or, or whatever, you know, that he would basically come out and say it like that. It wouldn't just say I'm bleeding. So he was thinking maybe I was from, from the running through the woods mm-hmm. with the cactus and the well, woods wasn't no woods, but you know what I mean. Yep. Now, at the time Brandon went missing, the temperature was 78 degrees. Okay. The winds were calm at zero, and the low for that night was 73. Okay, and he had on shorts, camo shorts, a yellow tap-out shirt, and some uh, new, what was it, uh, Nike Air Max tennis shoes. Yep. And So it's not really cold, so he should be gone. And... The following day, the temperatures got up to 102 degrees. That's a little warm. Yeah, now, if Brandon was warning the area, disoriented and possibly hurt, bleeding, you know, the heat could become deadly without any kind of shelter or water. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And that that area there is so desolate, you know, but they did search it, but, you know, if he'd have fell in a little ravine or... How far, um, you know, he's uh, Kyle said that he thought that noises on the 911 call was cars going over that bridge. How far from where his truck is ran out of gas to that bridge? It's a it's a good little ways. I've looked at it on the map, and I don't. Is it a mile? Could be. And I don't know if you would hear bridge noise a mile away. Okay, but right. So I'm so I'm saying I was thinking how far would he have to be? How how far would he have to, have to walk? 
to be able to pick that up on his phone. And was that walking toward the way the, the cop came? Yeah, that was walking toward the cop, where the cop came. Okay. And so if he was walking that way, he was off the road. Yeah. And he could have been closer to that bridge. In the same way the semi-truck came to, right? Yeah. So and nobody's seen nothing. No. Okay. See, the more you learn about this, the less you know. Yeah, and you can you can dive into some rabbit holes on this thing, people. If he walked a mile or so, then, I don't know, they would have found him, I think, if he would have just fell out from the weather. Unless the hogs ate him, and that wouldn't, they wouldn't have done that the first day. At least they'd found his shoes and his mm-hmm. thing, or eat his phone and his keys. Because his phone and his wallet and his keys, was, none of that was in his truck, so apparently he had it all out with him. <laughs> yep, and there's another theory that Brandon was pretty upset about his fight with Ledessa mm-hmm. and pretty stressed out, overwhelmed, and sleep-deprived, definitely sleep-deprived. And if he's on meth, yeah. Yeah. And he went somewhere for 20, 25 minutes after leaving the family home and be- before heading to Bronx. So it's unclear whether you know he used those 20 to 25 minutes, what he did, and perhaps just driving around to cool off. And they said he could have went to Walmart to meet up with some people or an old drug addict or drug contact. And said either way, you know, he was a stressed state of mind. And regardless of whether he was using drugs or not, I mean, he was just, he was pretty stressed out. Yeah. But he said he wasn't making rational decisions. And when his his father told him not to come all the way out to Crowley for the night, uh, instead go home, work things out, Brandon didn't. No, he didn't want to do and that. And he got on the road to Braun, knowing, <clears throat> knowing that he didn't have enough gas to get there. Right. And his brother said in that, in that uh, interview that he didn't think he was going to his father's house. He thought he was going back to wherever he was partying before, to his friend's house. Yeah. Which is basically the same direction, so we don't know. And I guess the only way they could find out is if uh, on his phone record, if mm-hmm. he had called them maybe, you know. Because I could a whole lot rather see, well, not rather see, but I could a whole lot... It makes more sense to me that he was going back to the party house than to go to your dad's house for a three-and-a-half-hour drive in the middle of the night. Yeah. In his condition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some people think that, you know, Brandon, you know, wasn't really suicidal, but maybe just sort of fed up with life and some on, some kind of self-sabotaging bend or something, you know. Right. You know, like I say, he was working 95 hours a week, four kids, and struggled with substance abuse. Yeah, but hell, what, what would happen to him? Yeah, bench warrant for his arrest. <laughs> um, I don't know. If he's going to kill himself, he's been sitting in the truck dead probably. Yeah. I would think. You'd think. I mean, he's going to get out and just start walking. But like I say, this timeline is all, you know, it's, it's pretty straightforward, but then, then again it isn't. You know? Yeah, it's very confusing. Yeah. And everything happened so close together there's not really a big gap of time anywhere where all this crazy state troopers shootout mexicans you know people attacking running them through the woods i mean i just don't believe none of that happened and one thing one question i had was was it ever determined that brandon's truck was really out of gas no and that's what kyle said today he said you know well, not today, but today when I listened to the to his interview, he said, you know, that uh, when they give her the truck back after they had t- took it in, you know, she brought it back and eventually she sold it to whoever the guy that Brandon had bought it from to begin with. 
he said that he would like to know how much gas was in that truck because apparently it shouldn't be none but that five dollars i put in it he said so was it really out of gas or not and nobody will ever know yeah that's a good question yeah i'd like to know if it was really out of gas that's another that's another one we don't know but yeah you can you can dive into so many rabbit holes Dale. there's so many theories there's there's tons you can look at them online you can look at reddit post yeah and, and just just read all day it's on and on and on and on, on and on. on but we covered the highlights you know and but you know we want everybody to weigh in and tell us what you think kyle says in that 911 call Whew. and listen to it several times regular speed slow speed and tell us what you think because it's i've listened to it and i can't make it out but anyway yeah you can uh you can find this stuff everywhere slow down different speeds pitch raise and all kind of stuff you know once they slow it down of course you know you start losing a little, a little bit of sound quality and it's not really great to start with but it's uh it's a hell of a story i guess all i can say yep i mean i hate it for for the family and all those kids lose their dad and the guy loses his brother and he's just gone and uh, they didn't hurt anything or there's not been anything since except mm-hmm. for except for his sheriff's wife and like going on message boards and talking running him down a little bit yep and that's kind of weird like trying to cover up something you'd think but and there is there is talk of cover-up in this there's a lot of cover-up saying you know there's covering up saying that this this uh call is actually doctored up and edited and took them four months to get it but you know, and, and that may be true. Maybe some wrongdoing on the police department's yeah, behalf. Yeah, especially the way they handled it. Just basically saying, you know, I'll hit with him. Basically looking at him like, well, it was just a drug addict. What do we care? You know, it's kind of the way it looks like to me. But I, always, I just keep going back to the timeline because I'm thinking, hell, what, what could have happened? Because there's just no time. I mean, it's just like if you look, there's it's like four, six, eight minutes between, you know, stuff going on. Mm-hmm. When when could anything have happened? Exactly. But yeah, everybody check it out. Tell us what you think Kyle says in that nine one one call. Yeah, I'd, I'd like be inter- I'd be interested to see what everybody says. I'd like to see some of you guys break it down and figure it out. Yep. And while you're listening to that, you Apple podcast listeners, go on there and give us a five star rating. Rate and review us. Yeah, somebody give us one that wasn't a five star and I I can't read it, but it makes me sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah go check us out guys give us five stars on apple itunes yeah please and give us a facebook recommendation uh check out our website check out the gas money button follow like and subscribe all of our social medias socials yep it really does help it does all right dale that is brandon lawson that's as close as we're gonna get yep we didn't do it justice but you know it was at least we keep them in keep them in the news yep we'll get y'all something to do that's right. <laughs> All right, Dale, we're going to get out of here. All right, man. We want everyone to be safe, be careful, and always be aware of your surroundings. Because the next episode could be about you. This is The, the Crack, Crack House, House Chronicles. Chronicles.